Why is controlling emotion so difficult? I think for many people, including myself, the primary emotion that I feel kind of to my core is anger. I think it's demonstrated in many ways, including me being irritable or hostile or you know, yelling to myself or cursing to myself or even like in moments threatening to be like physically aggressive with other people in my own head, not like overtly, but I think there's several reasons for it and there's a lot of reasons why people have managed or have difficulty managing those strong emotions first. I think it's hard to be present when you're emotional. Second, I think that there's a lot of changes that happen throughout your life, things that shape you and who you are. And like oftentimes they can manifest in the form of being very confusing and not knowing what to say or what to do. And I think that like when people don't know what to say or what to do, the primary emotion that arises in those moments is anger or at the very least frustration. Now I've been somewhat of an angry person my entire life and I don't know why I, I know like baseline reasons why, but fuck man, for some reason this week it's been a little more difficult to manage and I don't know why. Well, that's the thing is like, that's a lie. It's like, I do know why. Um, I do know why, but you think that as like you get older, like these things become easier and, and in some ways I think they do. And in some ways I think they just get harder. Um, Especially with the more things that you try to do, the more things you try to accomplish, the more things you put on your plate, it just, the same strong emotion that you feel. Okay, so basically, I think that there's a lot of emotions that people can feel all at once, but it's usually always dictated and guided by one strong one. For me, that's anger. And... I notice that like the more that I feel in tune with life and the more time that I have to do things, the more time that I have to process things, the more clear I can come into a situation after reflecting on it for a certain period of time, then the better I am at understanding those emotions and understanding why I let the anger get to me in the first place. But the first one, I think, being mostly... The first strategy I think that I usually enact is like breathing techniques. But sometimes, sometimes what you're feeling is so emotionally strong and so gripping and has such a hold on you in the moment that being able to be present enough to have the peace of mind to even do any sort of strategy to calm you down, it's not only unappealing, but it just, there's no effort being directed toward it. Um, but yeah, I'm a little pissed off. The Starving Artist is brought to you by Mental Ghosts. Mental Ghosts is not just a brand, but a healthy family that aims to embrace people's inner ghosts. Mental Ghosts helps people come together to share their struggles with mental and mental health and manage their problems. 
It is for people who love shirts, but more importantly, for people who suffer from mental illnesses such as PTSD. Visit mentalghost.com. Use promo code CaseyRyanMusic at checkout for 25% off your order. Again, that's mentalghosts.com. Promo code CaseyRyanMusic at checkout for 25% off your order. For the last couple weeks, I've said 20% off, and it's 25 so it's an even better deal. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode 22. My name is Casey Ryan. Um, If you guys are just new to the podcast or just listening, I'm basically a rambling idiot who sits here and uh, talks about things about mostly about himself because he's uh, clearly still egoic um, and and uh, self-centered enough to talk to people just about his own problems. But uh, it's also the goal of this podcast to try and help people who are suffering um, in some ways mitigate their own struggles. And I have uh, really nothing written down for this except for some listener questions that came in. Um, so we're going to see how this goes. <clears throat> um, what's been going on? Uh, I just moved into a new house, as you can see. Um, it's obviously a much nicer house. Not that I'm doing better. It's actually a buddy's parents of mine house. Parents of mine's house. I don't know how to structure sentences apparently. Um, but no, I, I, I just really, given the circumstances, I didn't really want to buy a place obviously and didn't want to sign a lease somewhere. Not that I really can afford right now to do either one, but uh, we're working through that. And it's getting better. Things are improving on a lot of fronts, and I'm a lot, I'm a lot more optimistic about what's coming this year. There's a lot of a lot of uh, big things coming up. I I have a couple shows up in Scottsdale, Arizona this weekend. I am playing at the Skeptical Chemist on Friday. Well, actually, it's kind of stupid for me to say this stuff because by the time this airs, you guys wouldn't even have known about the shows. But I guess for future tour dates, um, visit CaseyRyanMusic.com or check me out anywhere, Instagram at CaseyRyanMusic. But I am uh, I am playing in Scottsdale this week. I got a couple uh, weddings coming up. Uh, so so there's some exciting things coming up. And I got the Breed Love deal coming up in March. So basically I'm their nationally featured artist. And I will be doing some live stream shows. I'll be doing some blog takeovers. I'll be, uh, you know, writing out some things that, um, and sharing some things with you that I think that are beneficial for music and for artists. So I hope that's a beneficial thing that comes out. Um, in addition to probably most likely moving up to Scottsdale, uh, hopefully in the next month or month or month and a half. So we will see, but yeah, outside of that, things are, Things are slowly improving, but also slowly getting worse at the same time. It's crazy that like how you can have, you can have like days. This is how like, kind of like I operate. I don't know if you guys can relate in the same sense, but some days I'll have these days where everything goes good. Where the days, I mean, I, I feel present. I feel mindful. I feel calm. I am getting things done in an, in a, in an orderly and uh, apt fashion, <laughs> and you know, you go you go to sleep at the end of those nights, and you're just like, God, today was day. Like I got everything I needed to done, and then you hold up a sec. I think the video just stopped. One sec, guys. 
Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what that was. The, uh, I noticed that the video on my camera just stopped. It's strange. Anyways, um, I am... But yeah, it's strange. Like, you know, you have those days where everything goes really well. You have those th- days where everything goes really good and then you go to sleep at night and you say, hey, that was a really good day. Um, and then you have other days, like kind of like days that I've been having lately where just like everything seems to be crashing down on you at once. I think a big reason for it too is kind of like feeling that you, kind of the feeling that you just don't really have a direction and you don't really know where you're going and you don't really know what's next. Um, I would wager that's a feeling that many people are having right now and are experiencing simultaneously. But also, but also just, just collectively as a, as a, as a race and a species right now, I think that we're, we're in the middle of some, we're in the middle of something that's coming where I think many of us are becoming spiritually awakened to the point where we're going to recognize that we can't continue to live this way. And I'm not saying all of us change together and grow together as a species, but as individuals. And I think the process of that not only takes a lot of time and self-excavation and awareness of like shit that you've done and like, and, uh, you know, people that have hurt you, people that you've hurt, things that you've said and done that you wish you could take back, but also having the presence of mind to recognize like what's really important. What's really important that I'm, that I've realized like, you know, and I've said this many times is like, you know, family and community and, and love and sharing that with people. Something that I just, again, like it's just, I think about things, I think about my past and I think about like who I am, you know, and I think that at times I've been really proud of myself. At, at times I've been really been able to be very vulnerable. I've been able to be very open and been able to be very forthcoming about who I am. And like, and like, I think that when you don't have any connection to the people, it's not that I don't have a connection to like, for example, like people on this podcast or like, it's not that I don't have a connection to people like that. I just walk up to on the street. I don't have like, just as a human being, I have a connection to them. But when it comes to intimate, close relationships with, you know, specifically for me, romantic relationships, it's very difficult for me to express that same vulnerability and openness with those people that I date. And I don't, and there's, there's a bunch of reasons for this. And I've read about it recently, a lot about how self-preservation and the inability to be vulnerable and have a difficult conversation is, it's obviously like a very human problem and a lot of people struggle with it. But I've always been curious as to why, like even every time it's ever happened with me, like I've just wondered why, because it's like, I know it's not who I am. It's like my identity is not wrapped up in like my mistakes and I'm not the sum of my mistakes. But my primary emotion being anger directly conflicts with my ability to listen empathetically to myself, be compassionate with myself. My feelings of inadequacy, like feeling like that, thinking in these absolute terms of, you know, I'm worthless or or you know, on the other end of that, some people can feel like they deserve too much, you know, thinking like they're entitled and that they deserve everything. All of those of which 
I think fundamentally reside in the emotion of anger. And there's a a bunch of other emotions that are attached to those things. But it's, it's incredibly difficult to not feel inadequate when you've had trauma and to not feel strong emotions when you've had trauma. Now, there's an important distinction to be made. It's not a justification or excuse. That's what we need to recognize, that like we can look back to the past to explain things and like understand like what we've done and why we've done it and the, the stimulus behind the effects of our actions and behaviors. But at a certain point, the responsibility to take ownership for that stuff remains and lies with you. And you have a couple choices in this. Um, and this is another thing that like even like makes me angry even thinking about it. It's like you have in my head, and by the way, like I, I'm, I'm saying this stuff like I hope, my hope is that like you can, you can take something from it from my perspective, you know, because I think that uh, an illusion that I've, that I've held within myself is that like nobody else feels what I feel. And that's just not true. And that's also an egotistical thing to say. Um, but I think overall, when we look back and we see that we have trauma or we understand, and, and everybody does to some extent, when we look back and see these things and reflect on them and like then we think about like the things that we've said or done that we wish we could take back, and then that being the uh, inability to be present in the moment. So when we're, in a, when, when, when we're unable to be present in the moment, we can't listen empathetically. We can't listen effectively. So what happens? We end up saying and doing things that aren't in alignment with how we feel, really feel. And then in turn, we get defensive or we get upset or we get frustrated and then we feel confused. And then that directly reflects to the person or people that we are literally intending to hurt the least possible. You know, but, but for some reason... People that have these trauma responses and people that have these this difficulty having difficult conversations and being vulnerable with the people that we care about, it's always with the people that we care about the most. And I and I think that there's a couple reasons behind that. One, kind of like I mentioned before, we don't have a, a deep connection to those people. We don't have like, or excuse me, we have a deep connection to those people. We have a very vulnerable connection to that person and a very seemingly loving connection to that person and we don't want that person's perception of us to be diminished or we don't want our own image to be tarnished so what do we do we maybe omit certain things or we don't say certain things in moments because it helps us rationalize the fact that we're not giving them enough credit and enough love in the moment to be honest with them some other reasons that I think that it happens is because we feel so deeply and believe in these absolute terms that we don't deserve that person. That's, that's the biggest trauma response I think that there is. The fundamental belief that you don't deserve anything. And sometimes it, it manifests itself in two ways, kind of like I said before. It's like you either feel like you deserve too much, but really you don't feel like you deserve anything. Or you just don't feel like you deserve anything. And you can live your life in those terms, for sure. But 
the level of peace and happiness and contentment you're most likely going to feel is at the most minimal level possible. So what's the solution out of this? Okay, for one thing, I don't fucking know. And I think that's what makes me even more angry about about these situations. I know that there... I've been thinking about this a lot too and I've been having this conversation... One sec. And I've been having this conversation too that like... Something that I think that people struggle with and maybe you can attest to it too that you struggle with is is neglecting to value the process over the solution. I'm the type of person that, well, for one thing, I'm a fixer. I think that for a lot of people who've experienced some degree of trauma or, or struggle, with, struggle with giving the same empathy and compassion to themselves that they give to other people, um, you, can, you can start to think that like you have to fix everything. And yet, not only that, but you have to start that you have to fix everything right away. So, what happens when you do that is that you constantly take on the responsibility of another person's feelings and you make it about you. Because in your head, in your heart, you feel like you can bear that burden for that other person. And you say, okay, well, this person is feeling this way and I care about them. So, it's my responsibility to take that pain away from them. And it's not. Uh, that's a very fucking difficult thing for me to be okay with. Um, I'm not saying that I'm some self-righteous, selfless person who just wants to help and like all that, because that's definitely not true. Like most of the time I would consider myself to be selfish in the sense that like all I do is think about my own shortcomings. And by the way, we're just fucking going off on various tangents and not I'm going to try to refocus this into a singular topic here which is how to manage those confusing states of anger and how to manage the confusing states of 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 raising difficult issues when it doesn't suit you but it does suit the other person um and I wasn't even sure that this was what I was even going to talk about today I just think that it is now so here we go we're on the train and we aren't stopping um, but a lot of, from, from everything that I've researched, both psychologically, from everything I've experienced in my own life and try to, try to understand and conceptualize to the best of my ability. Um, I don't, I don't, I think that there's, there's a distinction to be made that I don't believe that people that do this are bad people. Cause quite honestly, it's, it's really, for one thing, it's really difficult to be a good person. You know, it's, for some people it's not, but I uh, good in the sense of like everybody has at least one horrible thing wrong with him. And if you don't, you will. So just brace yourself for that and also be willing to acknowledge it because that's okay. I mean, this human existence is filled with pain, suffering, loss, beauty, tragedy, all of it. So it's, it's natural that you're going to have something horribly wrong with you. But the biggest thing that we can do is be aware of these things and try to mitigate them for the sake of the world and for bettering ourselves. But the first and foremost, you have to do it for the sake of bettering yourself. Um, now, how do you how do you even start the process of of neglecting to think about the solution um, when you are a fixer, when you are a person who just wants everything to be better right away? Well, I think the first step of that 
at least from from my point of view, is the ability to be honest with yourself. Um, if you can't keep your word to other people, then you need to be able to keep it to yourself at the very least. Now, I'm not saying keeping your word, and I'm not saying that like if you're the type of person who says you're going to do something and then consistently just doesn't do it, then I think that's more of a discipline issue and it's more of something that you need to address within yourself about your own ability to structure your life in a way that's conducive to you bettering yourself and and setting a structure within yourself because I'm the type of person that needs structure, but I'm also the type of person that does what he says he's going to do. Um, now, I'm not saying that when I say I'm going to do something and I do it, that I do it necessarily in the right way or the most loving way all the time. But 99% of the time, if I speak something out into existence, then I'm at the very least going to try my fucking best to do it. And that's something that I can truthfully and honestly say about myself. But the the first step, I think, is just keeping your word to yourself. Um, for me, it's even like helps on this podcast, like just literally right now in the moment, like being able to say these things. Um, so some radical truths. Um, that's a concept I've been exploring too. Some radical truths to yourself, like saying it out loud. Like for me... The thing that I'm working on right now is not only understanding and mitigating this, but like being able to understand that when I'm with a female that I'm dating or in love with or pursuing a romantic relationship with, if she is to ask me a direct question and I know that the answer to that direct question is going to possibly have the consequence of my image being uh, tethered, not tethered. Okay, so her perception of me to be diminished, the possibility of the relationship ending, or or feeling that if I say the thing that she needs me to say, that, that will change her opinion of me and do irreparable damage to my reputation with her. Now again, for some reason with strangers and anybody else, I'm able to do this seamlessly and effortlessly. Um, so I'm trying to begin to understand like why I choose to be dishonest for lack of, for lack, for most of lack, lack of a better term. Sometimes it's omissions. Sometimes it's just dishonesty because I don't want to, there's, there's reasons why. And I figured out those reasons why the solutions behind, or I figured out the reasons why. And I've began the process of like excavating the solution to that. The reasons why that I think from what I've researched and what I've found out about myself through deep meditations is like the biggest reason that people do that and are afraid to do that. It is a trauma response first and foremost. Secondly, it's a feeling of lack of emotional safety, feelings of inadequacy that you're worthless and you don't deserve. Um, and also being so detached from the present moment that you that you're lacking the courage to say the thing in the moment that matters the most, um, and those are those those are difficult things to admit because like all of us want to believe that we you know we're we're going to be brave and courageous all the time we're going to be strong all the time and especially me being like a person that you know does a lot of difficult things on a daily basis and you know especially with like the hikes I do and you know all the difficult physical challenges I do you know it's. It's something that I, I, pers- I have this idea in my head that like, hey, like I'm a strong person. Like I won't back down. Like I won't give up. 
kind of like that Tom Petty song. And I won't back down. What a weird guy he was, huh? I mean, a, a talented musician, but just strange folk. Um, anyways, <clears throat> now we're fucking talking about Tom Petty again. I mean, it's my biggest shortcoming, you know, and, and it's in keeping with this theme of authenticity in this podcast, like I just, it's hard for me to like share these things. Um, but because I felt kind of pissed off and angry about these things, for some reason, when I get in that mood, like I just don't really care, um, for better, or for worse. And I don't know why, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just going off. So here we go. Um, that's, so that's like the biggest thing that I struggle with in relationships. Outside of that, like I know, I know things about myself to be true as far as, you know, caring for the other person in a loving way, doing things for them, being there for them, supporting them, building them up when they need it, um, or even if they don't need it, um, giving them time, giving them energy, making them feel special. Like I know that like on a baseline thing, on a baseline level, I'm very loyal and true in that sense, but I have this thing, and I think a lot of people have this thing. A lot of, I would argue maybe more males have this, and I don't know why, because I think that because the role of a male in a relationship is to provide that support and love for the woman, that like we don't want the person that we're with to think of us as being weak. We don't want the person that we're with to think of us as having like these deep, vulnerable feelings that like we don't know what to do with or how to express them in the right way. And I think that a lot of men struggle with this, and I don't. And I would, I would hope that like my fellow man can relate to this. On, on the flip side, I can't pretend to know what it's like to be a female on the receiving end of that, but I can imagine, you know, when, when a man is, when a man is dishonest or, or maybe omits something in a moment, I can imagine that like, obviously that compromises trust and to get it back after those situations present itself, it's, it's difficult because the person thinks like, oh, well, like he lied to me about this. Like what else is he lying to me about? Um, and, and that's a totally understandable feeling. I think there's a, there's a really, I, I think from what I've understood about this and what I've tried to think about it is the fir- first step along with being honest with yourself and trying to be as truthful about it as you can with yourself is also looking at the situation from a third-party perspective. Um, when you're about to raise the difficult conversation or about to say the thing that you need to say or if, if you, or if you're confronted with a question that is difficult in a moment for you to answer to your most compassionate and loving way, try and look at it as from the perspective of a third party or a keen observer looking in on the situation. So if, if the person... If say that your wife or your boyfriend or your husband or whatever approaches you and and they say, you know, I I feel really upset. I feel upset about the way you talk to me in front of our friends, just like as a baseline thing. <clears throat> well, you could you could do a couple of things. You could react defensively. You could react in an angry way or an emotional way, which I think like most people like. This is why this stuff is so hard because it's it's so difficult to do in the present moment, but. You could react in a different way by looking at it from the third party saying like, okay, well, it sounds like you are feeling upset by the way that I said something to you in front of our friends. So I'd like to understand more of that from your perspective. And I'd also like to be able to share my perspective because I promise you that was not my intention. Um, 
Now, a lot of these things, you know, reading about these things, a lot of these things can come across as seeming seemingly robotic and kind of like a lack of human emotion. And you're going to have to, I think, learn how to how to adapt to those to those varying situations to the best of your ability. But overall, that's a good way to, to look at it. A third step is is trying to under trying to your best to understand and give them enough credit that the most loving thing that you can do for a person in those moments is be as honest and transparent as you can. Because if you're not, eventually something else is going to come up and everything is just going to be bubbling up to the surface. Like, so it's almost like dust collecting over time. And like, eventually like you're going to need a hose to wipe off all the dust. And like that hose usually is the emotional angry hose that sounds like I'm saying hose, like angry hose up in, up in here. Uh, that was maybe it wasn't a good analogy, but it, it is like dust in the sense where it collects over time. And if, and if you're not willing or able to uh, address these things in an empathetic and compassionate way, then eventually they're going to bubble to the surface. They're going to explode and, you know, most likely the demise of their relationship in a very downward trajectory is going to take place. Um, and this is all a learning process and it's all so difficult and it's all so confusing and I don't have the answers either, but I'm really, I'm really trying, you know, and I have been trying for the last three or four months, like really for the first time, actually trying to, to be better at these things and not, and not think of it in terms of of I deserve and like, this is just me, like accept me for who I am. Because like, again, if you want to have successful and happy relationships with not only women or men or whatever your preference is, but with just with the world in general, and more importantly, the relationship that you hold with yourself and the view that you have within yourself, then the first and best step forward in that is the most transparent and honest evaluation of yourself possible. That's the first step in this process, as we just discussed. But I'm going to read an ad real quick, and we'll get back to it. The Starving Artist is brought to you by Heavy Water Coffee. With a time-honored passion for the craft, Heavy Water is selecting unique single-origin beans from all around the world and roasting them in micro-batches to maintain the highest level of quality control. High in quality, small in quantity. Head over to heavywatercoffee.com. Use promo code Casey Ryan Music at checkout for 10% off your order. Again, that's uh, promo code Casey Ryan Music at checkout. For 10% off your order at heavywatercoffee.com. The Starving Artist is also brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid IV's mission is to help people everywhere live better lives, optimize the body, hydrate those in need, and better the planet. From the electrolyte multiplier to the triple hydration single-use packets, Liquid IV is becoming a staple in the hydration game and is an incredible product for anyone looking to expand their overall health and fitness. Visit liquid-iv.com. Use promo code Casey Ryan Music at checkout for 20% off. Again, that's liquid-iv.com. Promo code Casey Ryan Music at checkout for 20% off. All right. I really, like, I'm fucking, I really don't, I mean, the last thing I want to is, like, just to say this real quick, like, I really fucking appreciate you guys, like, listening to this shit. I know that it can probably seem like I'm a dark cloud, and, like, honestly, I'm really not. Um, I think that just stuff like this, like being on video and like recording yourself, like even in the present moment, like right now, it's just, it's just kind of a way to, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful way of catharsis, I think, you know, and I think that's the beautiful thing about podcasts and it's just this like video journal type of 
therapeutic remedy that you can just like say things out loud. I mean, I'm here by myself and, um, you know, just, just having like people listen and, and tune in and email me questions and stuff. It's, it's really cool. I don't like, don't know what's going on with my voice right now, but it's like, I feel like I'm choking on my own snot, snot man. Um, but anyways, yeah, getting back to this, uh, so yeah, being honest with yourself, keeping your word to yourself, you know, looking at things from a third party, having the ability to do that. And then also, uh, you know, so much, so much of our, of our emotions, especially anger, um, you know, these really strong pulls to live in the shadow archetype, you know, they manifest because most of the time, most of the time we're not even aware of, of what we're doing until it's too late, you know? And I think, again, that's, that's solely responsible because of the lack of presence that people hold. I mean, we're constantly distracted. We're constantly trying to check off things in our to-do list. I mean, like just me, me personally, as an example, it's like, I, I recognize and know so much of the time I'm more caught up in like checking things off my to-do list than I am with being present. Um, I'm more caught up with like just accomplishing and doing like, like literally I do like 20 fucking things at once. Um, and you know, I think that that's a big reason why I'm unable to be present so much of the time. And a big reason why I try to do so many things that like put me in the present moment, but like inadvertently, I'm literally pulling myself out of the present moment by thinking that I have to fill my day with so many things. Um, and that's kind of the person that I am. I mean, I don't necessarily want to change that about myself. And I don't think that people that, that try to be hyperproductive should, should change that about themselves because I, you know, a lot of, a lot of our self-worth and happiness, I think is built upon like our level of productivity. I'm not saying that should be the sole determining factor of how you view yourself, but I know for me personally, and, and maybe other people that are like me, that the more things I'm able to achieve and accomplish the better I feel about myself. And now again, I'm not saying that that's the right way to do things because if you have days like, okay, like a big reason why I'm doing this podcast today is because yesterday I had a very fucking, it was just a shitty day. I felt overwhelmed. There were hours of phone calls that I had, um, that weren't very favorable that made me take an honest look at myself because it was with people that, with, with a person specifically that I hurt recently. Um, and, and then just, you know, knowing how to just manage that in the moment. And then like all the other things that tack on top of it, you have, you know, it's like, it's like, Oh, I got, I forgot to send those emails. I forgot. I got to fucking do this podcast. I got to edit a podcast. I got to promote last week's podcast. I have to, Oh shit. I didn't go to the bank. Oh, now I gotta go to my storage unit. Then I got to go to the gym. And then like, Oh fuck, I haven't eaten today. I got to eat something healthy. And then, Oh fuck, forgot to meditate. Better meditate. Oh, guess what? It's 10 o'clock at night now. And I forgot to journal. I forgot to read, you know, and, and you just, there's so many things that like you want to do. And then, stuff like that happens where you're in these emotional states and you're angry and you don't know what, and then you just want to say, fuck today. I'm done with today. And, and God, that's a miserable feeling. You know, it's just, cause then, cause then another thing that's a a result of the, the process of dealing with complex and strong emotions is something that manifests in the form of hopelessness. You think that like, no matter what you do, 
no matter how hard you try, no matter what you try to put out into the world, no matter the positivity or the, of the, or the pessimism or, or whatever you've tried to accomplish and put out into the world to, its, to at least some degree make it a better place for yourself and other people. Sometimes it just feels like nothing's ever going to get better. And then it does for a little bit and then it gets worse and then it stays the same. And then, and I think that at the core of that, if we're talking about how to manage, you know, complex emotions too, I would say arguably the biggest one that I am horrible at too is just, just having not no expectations of the outcome, having no expectations of anything but yourself taking a step back in the moment and realizing what is the most loving thing that I can do right now and what is the next right thing I can do, as they say in Frozen 2. I don't know what that noise was. Um, but that's really the only thing that we're able to do in those moments is to recognize what is the next loving thing that we can do. And that's difficult too because sometimes you don't feel like doing the loving thing. Sometimes you just you feel like fucking flipping that guy off in front of you that just cut you off in traffic. Sometimes you don't feel like calling your mom back because you're just fucking annoyed with everything. You know, sometimes you don't feel like sharing with your partner the most vulnerable and deep sense of yourself that that you know might hurt them or sometimes you don't feel like telling your boss that you deserve a raise even though you feel like you do and that's what causes the anger is the expectations because Sometimes you feel angry because about the expectation because you didn't meet the expectation that you had of yourself or somebody else didn't meet your expectation or like you thought for sure that something was going to turn out a certain way and then it didn't. Okay, so this is a fucking cool thing that we're doing. It's happening right now. I love like talking about this stuff because you can kind of figure out things as you go. Um, so let's, let's maybe like revisit what we just talked about. Okay, so we experience complex emotions out of confusion for how to move forward in the right in the right way and because of solution oriented thinking we neglect the process and in neglecting the process we we are unable to manage our expectations about the solution because we're too focused on the solution that we neglect the process so the problem maybe with therein lies the problem at the core is the expectation to begin with so maybe that old that age old wisdom of of have high have hope for the best but expect the worst, and I think that can also tie into what we talked about earlier too about being the keen observer and looking at things from the perspective of a person who has no vested interest in the process or the solution, but just simply recognizing the emotions for what they are, being present in the moment and having the ability to share those things in a way that isn't expecting the other person to respond or react in a certain way, but just speaking your truth in the most loving and compassionate way possible. God damn, it's like I have a fucking doctorate in this or something. And by the way, this all, <laughs> this all makes sense to me in my head, but it could definitely not make sense to you in your head, and that's okay. Because, uh, my job and my, my responsibility in this, in this podcast for you guys is just to share shit that I've learned and share how I perceive things um, and with my guests, have them do that when I have guests. Um, 
you know, I feel a little better. I'm still pretty pissed off though, but it's okay because I'm, I, I, I've, I've realized that over one thing that I am happy with, with, uh, you know, not just one thing, there's a lot of things that I'm proud of myself for, but like, I think that one thing that I'm happy about myself is like, I don't really stay in emotional states very long anymore. And I think in the past I used to. Um, and I also think that's probably just like getting older and like, you just don't have the effort to like care as much. Um, not in like a bad way. I think that's a good thing about getting older is like, you realize like what's worth really stressing over and what's not. And again, like at the core of this whole conversation, as long as you are being the truest you can to yourself. And like, that's a hard thing to do too, given the distractions that we have in the world, given the expectations, like we just talked about all of it. But, but the, the best thing that we can do for ourselves is, is, is be honest with ourselves and do what's best for ourselves. Because if we're not doing that, then we're never going to be able to do it for other people. And that is, I mean, that's the fundamental rule in life, I would say. And the baseline rule in life is treat yourself well enough to where you can treat others with that same standard of care. Um, and if you're able to do that, I think that you can foster like a pretty peaceful and content life. But, you know, when difficult emotions arise and difficult things happen, like it's really hard to do that. And it's hard to do it in general because I, I touched on this earlier, but I didn't really go off on the, on the explaining it a little more. It's like, this is going to sound weird when I say it. So like, don't like take it to be truth. Cause this is just like somewhat of my subjective truth is that like, honestly, most people are moderately bad people. And most people are moderately good people. We're, we're both. You know, I'm just saying like most, most people, if they found a wallet on the ground, would return the wallet. But then there's a lot of people that would go through the wallet, take out the cash, and then return the wallet. You know, so it's like you're doing a good deed while simultaneously doing a bad deed. Um, and that, again, that those aren't justifications or excuses for the people taking the money. But like bad people or good people do bad things sometimes. Good people do bad things sometimes. Wait, did I just say that twice? Good people do bad things sometimes. Bad people do good things sometimes. I don't know, I'll fucking watch back. And, but regardless, all of this, is it just boils down to, I think the underlying theme here is just being able to manage our expectations. And through managing our expectations, we can manage our emotions through managing our emotions and taking an honest, excavated look at those emotions, we can be more present. And when we're more present, we can be more loving and compassionate. And when we're more loving and compassionate, we can foster the healthiest relationships to the best of our ability. That's it. You know, but, um, yeah, I fucking really, I really appreciate you guys and I appreciate the support for the podcast and, uh, yeah, we're just moving right along. You know, it's this has been this has been a really cool thing for me, and it's like not really something that I'm necessarily putting like all of my uh, eggs in a basket with. But I'm hoping that eventually it's it turns into something really cool, um, and I hope it's something that's beneficial for you guys. So let's get to some listener questions real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, if you'd like to email any questions. Uh, you can email info dot the starving artist podcast at gmail dot com. Again, that's info dot the starving artist podcast all one word at gmail.com real quick i wanted to let you guys know about something that's coming up 
Um, I am releasing a new single on March 1st that's going to be available for pre-order on February 10th. So that's in like six days. What's today? Today's the second, eight days. Um, today's Tuesday. This episode will come out on Monday. Um, but yeah, it's it's called The Color of Joy. It's the title track to my EP. I'm very excited to share it with you guys. So please uh, uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, again, uh, pre-orders are available for that on February 10th. So let's get to these listener questions. Angie out of Seattle, Washington. What's next for you in the process of self-discovery? I chose this question for a very specific reason, not because I can answer it necessarily like really well, but I will try. Um, the next part of my process, I think, is is putting like what I'm learning and what I'm thinking about into action in the present moment, um, and and creating a habit out of doing that, um, and also, it's again, it's not that I struggle with this all the time, but in moments I do, um, saying what I really feel about a situation and, and offering a dissenting opinion in lieu of always trying to find an empathetic way to relate to people. Um, because I think when you try too much to relate to people empathetically, that can cause a lack of boundaries. Kind of what I'm realizing is like, for example, like if I if I am talking to somebody that I blatantly disagree with, like I'm obviously going to express a dissenting opinion, but sometimes I will frame it in a way that is too much in alignment with how they feel about the situation and not too much in alignment with how I feel about the situation. And I think that's kind of just born out of the desire to just keep the peace and and not have conflict with people and try to just understand their perspective. So on one hand, it's a good thing, but on one hand, it's a bad thing. But it's not really a problem for me like in normal everyday interactions. Like I'm able to do that pretty seamlessly and honestly and trans- and I can honestly say that about myself that like I fucking say what I feel in those moments. Um it's mostly in relationships with intimate partners. And I've kind of made a promise to myself that you know, I it's it's something that I have to make a promise to myself to to do. And like try to do because if not, like I'm, I'm just never going to be able to get close, to get to be able to get truly close to somebody. Like I just won't. Um, but we'll see. So that's that's kind of next in my process of, of self discovery, and that's a great question. I think is to just um, try try and be the most present I can, and if I'm the most present I can, then I can be the most honest that I can. So, all right, Jordan out of Kellogg, Idaho. <laughs> graduated from Kellogg High School. Here we go. How has traveling shaped your perspective? I thought that was a really cool question. Um, I think it's been everything, you know? I think the, I would argue, I would assume that why you're asking that is because maybe you haven't left your hometown and maybe you're looking, and by the way, that wasn't like an insult. Uh, I was just, I'm just saying, um, it's scary, like checking out new places. It's scary living new places. It's scary moving to new places. Um, even even traveling for music overseas, as much as I have, um, it's it's scary every time. It's and it, but it, it's exciting. And I think that overall, it's probably the only thing that people should really work toward doing if they're you know saving money or whatever. I mean, I I would say that before you buy a house, you should see you should spend money seeing the world. I'd say that before you get a career that you're going to be stuck at for X amount of years, not stuck in the sense of maybe you hating it, but just stuck in the sense that it's not going to allow you as much freedom. Like I would argue that the, the best years of our life 
should be the younger years of our life. If you want to start a career, you can start a career when you're fucking 40 or 50 and work for 20 years at that job and retire. But I would say work as many different jobs as you fucking possibly can. Get as much different experience as you can and in many places as you can. And then later in your life, you can do that stuff. Like, I think that we have it backwards. I think that we have it backwards in the sense of our society kind of tells you like, oh, you, you work hard when you're young. You save when you're young. And then when you're old, you can enjoy the fruits of that labor. I don't know if I agree with that because, well, just, just for me personally, because I don't want to get to be 70 years old and say, oh, I never got to fucking travel. I mean, I've already done all of that, which is great. So I'm not going to have that as a regret. And I, and I know, I love that, that I won't have that as a regret that I know that I did all of the things that I wanted to do at a young age. Because when you're 50 or 60, you're not going to have the fucking energy to want to hop on a plane and fly to Australia. But when you're 25, you can do that. So if anybody's listening to this and wondering like if they're doing the right thing or, or, or saving money for the right things, I would say save your money and fucking travel. And don't worry about getting a career right now. I, I just, I don't think that that's a right way to live. I mean, during a pandemic, I think, yeah, having a, I mean, so in that sense, having a career is good, but just save your money toward the right things. Um, and for me to answer your question in a long winded way, like I always fucking do, uh, traveling has shaped my perspective immensely. I mean, it's, it's been solely responsible for a lot of different realizations I've had about how lucky I am to live where I do. Um, and also how lucky I am to have seen how other people live and respect that life just as much or if not more as the one that I have here. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible feeling to see, you know, to even go to third world countries and see that people are happy with nothing and it, it just puts things into perspective in a positive way and you, you're a lot more grateful. Um, so yeah, hope that answers your question. Amanda out of Scottsdale, Arizona, I struggle with sharing my emotions with my husband. Any tips? chose this one for a reason too because it's fucking pertinent to what we're experiencing right now the tip that I have not that I am even close to a reliable source on this um, because again 99% of the time I'm able to do it it's that 1% of the time when it really fucking counts that I'm not um, and I would argue that it's probably the same for you because it's not like people are, people don't intend to be dishonest people aren't trying to lie and we need to be compassionate for that and for the person that is wanting the person to share more, more emotion. Like you have to be willing to accept what they're saying and you have to be willing to not punish them for it because punishment creates shame and shame does not do anybody any good. Guilt is a way better thing to feel. Again, I shouldn't be fucking giving advice on this, but um, the tip that I have would, would start by telling yourself the truth. Like alone, out loud to yourself, just repeat it over and over and over again. And then like when you have the time and the present moment and like there's no distractions, share that with your husband. And I would argue, and that's, and that's the thing too, this is, this is the thing from the people on the other side of this. Most people can accept a lot of things and we have to give, we have to give people the, the credit enough to, uh, to recognize that they can handle the information and most people can and most people won't fucking care or they might care for a little bit but like they'll, they'll at least value you for being honest. Um, the truth is a liberating thing. You know, um, I struggled with it for most of my life because I was afraid of what people would think about me if I wasn't or, or if people could handle me like at my worst. But like, I promise you that like, if you say the thing, 
it's liberating and it's 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 true freedom because you never you never have to suffer with the knowledge that you that you weren't telling the truth to somebody that you love um so it's liberating so just keep that in mind and i hope that helps again i'm not a fucking expert on that topic but i'm learning how to be um the Starving Artist is brought to you by Flight Supplements. At Flight, we are passionate about two things, faith and fitness. We as an organization exist to provide you with great products and information to help you build a healthy body and achieve your fitness goals. Head over to flightsport.com. Use promo code CaseRyanMusic at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's flightsport.com. Promo code CaseRyanMusic at checkout for 10% off. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the episode. I'm um, going to possibly have a guest next week. She's a cancer survivor. Um... I'm going to reach out to her and see, so I don't want to, you know, don't want to get it uh, too anticipatory and not have that follow through. I, I'm waiting on some confirmation to have some pretty big name guests, so we'll uh, stay tuned for that. New music coming out March 1st, shows coming up all over Arizona, so feel free to check out CaseyRyanMusic.com, and you guys can follow me follow me on Instagram at CaseyRyanMusic. And as always, I appreciate you guys, and yeah, let's try and manage those emotions, and let's try and be more present. So we can be better for the world around us. I love you guys, and I will see you next time. That's it. Bye.